0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, church. Are you happy to be here? All right, that's good. Is your neighbor happy to be here? All right, just check with them if you need to. Uh, appreciate you guys this morning. Um, also, I just wanted to give another, George mentioned it earlier, but just a big thank you to our coffee shop, Stair Demolition crew. That was fantastic yesterday. Yes, it is fantastic also when you get to tear things up. So we actually, there was five or six big steps, and we, those were done and out of the building within an, just over an hour yesterday morning. So I thank you guys for your hard work. I know your backs are a little bit sore this morning, um, but it was, it was great. And like George said, we're going to have a nice ramp in there, handicap accessible, just, a, just an improvement that needed to be made there. So we're thankful for everybody helping out with that. Uh, I want to brag on somebody else real quick here. I see him in the back. Uh, Yesterday, I went over to uh, Watchmen on the Wall men's conference over at The Rock in Centralia and got to hang out with uh, some men over there for a couple hours. And there was a man from our church there that really blessed my heart. Uh, He may not know he did, but Stephen Cletus, right there in the sound booth back there. He is... Uh, one of the most faithful people you will ever meet and committed to what he does here at the church. I don't think he hardly ever misses a Sunday. Uh, he's not somebody that says, oh, I'm a regular attender and I come every two or three weeks. That's not Stephen. He's here every single week doing what he's called to do and doing it with a, a heart that glorifies God. And I got to talk with him a little bit. I just, but first, before I even talked to him, I just loved his worship. I just saw him worshiping with his hands raised and tears coming down his face and just crying out to God like, that blesses me yeah. to see that. And, and we got to talk and, and minister to each other and pour into each other. So Stephen, I appreciate you and everything you do for Treville Church. Did anybody invite someone today? Seeing a few hands. Rick's gonna put us on the spot every week. Yes, until I see all hands going up and then I'll stop doing it. Okay, uh, here's one little phrase I read this week on inviting someone. If there's no contact, there'll be no impact. If we're not about contacting people with the message of the gospel and the love that we have inside of us that he's put there, there will be no impact around us. No contact, no impact. So I invite you guys to invite others to the church to experience the love that God has for them. Let's not be selfish in that. Invite, invite, invite. Be excited about what God's doing in your life and in the life of your church. Amen? All right, one other thing, and we're gonna show a video and then I'm gonna talk about it real quick before we get started this morning. Go ahead. Hey man, I think there's a little slide that, there it is. May 2021 coming up, Royal Rangers. And Girls of Grace is making a comeback here at Orchardville Church. Speaking of comeback, I think that's going to be our little theme for this year, the year of the comeback. I ain't joking. So you want to get on board with the comeback, be part of the comeback. Uh, The church has been through a lot. It's time for a comeback. I'll just leave that there. Royal Rangers, Girls of Grace, May 2021. I believe, obviously, being a youth pastor before taking on this role, I believe in our kids. I believe as a church we have to invest in our kids. And we are going to do everything we can on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings to make sure that they are getting godly principles taught to them, instilled in them, and learn how to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit in their life. So Royal Rangers Girls of Grace is going to kick off on Wednesday nights in mid-May. I believe it's May 12th. But we are going to need volunteers for this. We are going to pour a lot into our, our kids And and different activities they're going to have, all raising them up to be men of God and women of God. We're not going to be around forever. We need people to step in and lead and do things that God would have them to do. So, you know, as they're growing up and figuring out their giftings and things God has for them, we're going to let them operate in those things and figure out who God wants them to be. Okay? So that's going to be starting. I'm excited about that on Wednesday nights for Royal Rangers, Girls of Grace. And, you know, again, we need a lot of volunteers. There's a meeting after church next Sunday for anybody that's interested in doing that. The guys, they'll be, I'm I'm looking for a lot of volunteers. I've already told the staff I'm expecting a lot of people to help us because I know you guys believe in these kids too. So if you can, you can take some time to be with us in that meeting after church next Sunday and then take some time out of your week to be here on Wednesdays and pour into these young men and young women, that would be fantastic. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I expect to see a lot of people there next week. I will be in the meeting as well. So please be a part of that. Pray about being a part of that. It's an hour on your Wednesday nights to really invest in these kids and and see the future of Orchardville Church happening right now. Okay? Alright, this morning we're going to continue our series on prayer. And today I want to look, look at how we should pray. And maybe you already know how to pray. Maybe you want to learn. Maybe you think you know how to pray. But you can't help but wonder, if, if, am I really praying the right way? Am I doing it right? And the first thing I want you guys to know is that prayer is not a presentation. It is our access to God. We are to communicate with Him. He wants to communicate with us. And we talked about it last week about the power of prayer and how it's a weapon we have in our faith walk And we talked about for whatever reason a lot of the times we're not using this weapon as often as we should We are not praying as often as we should and we need to be a praying church You know, I invited you guys last week I think or the week before if some of you wanted to be in a classroom on the side about quarter to ten And just start praying for our service praying for the church praying for lost souls to come in here You're welcome to do that so If you want to find a room before church at quarter till, it ain't going to hurt to pray for the service. Amen. So let's use the weapon that we have this morning. We're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about how we should pray. And I noticed something this morning as I was walking around before church, before Sunday school and before service started, I noticed you guys talking to each other, telling you about your weeks and how things were going. Sometimes I am eavesdropping. Um, I'm just just making my rounds around listening to people. But I noticed something as you talk to people. You didn't have to use fancy words. You didn't have to say things just right. You just talked. And that's all we have to do with God in prayer. We just talk to Him. We don't have to use fancy words. We don't have to use a fancy language. Um, we just, you just talk to Him. Talking to God. And before we dive into this this morning, I'm going to tell you a few things that are not true about prayer. It's not true that you have to pray a certain amount of time every day for God to listen to you. You can do it any time you want to, for as long as you want to, as short as you want to, as long as you're talking to him. It's not true that you have to use these big, fancy words so that God will listen to your prayer. Now, I love the King James Version of the Bible. I don't understand it all that well, but I refuse to pray in that language. <laughs> you're saying, you won't pray scripture? No, I'm just not going to. I've heard people pray like, Lord, thou hast cometh to my house and... You don't have to do that for God to hear you. Everybody understands that, right? Okay. And it's not true that there's a list of rules that you have to follow if you want your prayers answered. Because if we believe things like this, um, it, seems, it makes it seem like God is someone who doesn't want to talk to us. And that's not the case. He wants to talk to us. There's not a bunch of hoops you have to jump through to talk to God because he's not trying to trick us. He just wants to hear from us. And he actually wants to talk back to us and put things in our spirit too. Um, He is our father. He cares about it. He cares about us. He's not sitting up in heaven and critiquing my prayers, thank goodness, because I stumble over my words all the time, as you guys know, and blubber things out. Um, He's not critiquing those things, making sure I do it for a certain amount of time. He's a good father, and he listens to us when we pray. Um, How we should pray. Now, I know I've just been talking about all you got to do is talk to him. You just got to communicate with him but Jesus actually gives us some guidance on how we should pray, what that looks like, and we're going to break that down this morning, what he's laid out for us in his word. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, you're all, if you've been in church any amount of time, you're familiar with this. If you haven't been in church for a long time, you're going to learn something this morning about how Jesus laid out for us to pray lost my breath, pray. (laughs) Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, if, you, if you've ever worried about knowing how to pray, this should make you feel better right away. Jesus teaching us how to pray, what it looks like, and we're going to break down each little section here. So the first one is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Max Lucado said this, our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Again, the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, and our prayers do make a difference. Prayer is not about you, it's all about God. It's not about you doing it perfectly, it's not about you doing it right, it's all about him. And understanding that we should begin our prayers with praise. Now I've taught this to our youth group about the, the guidance and direction Jesus gives us in this. We should begin our prayers with praise. What does that look like? Um, I just lift up the name of Jesus and recognize him for who he is in my life And what he's done for me. I start out my prayers and praise and thankfulness And I understand that he's the father and i'm his child He's the creator. I am the creation I'm a sinner. He's my savior. I recognize all those things as i'm giving thanks hallowed be your name I got some uh, scriptures here that we're going to have on screen, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read them from down here on the screen with you guys, because the first one needs me to come outside the door here, and i like to see you guys up close. Hey, good to see you guys again. All right, you want to throw that first one up there? Psalm 104, oh, here I come. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name hello go back to that one real quick i just want to make sure we understood enter his gates enter the church with thanksgiving go into his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name now i'm not going to pick on your worship but i am going to tell you it says right there to enter in here with thanksgiving and his courts with praise so you need to do that when you come into the house of the lord I don't know what that looks like for you, but you need to make sure your heart is saying that as you enter in. And as we pray, this is part of giving our thanks. Next one, Deuteronomy ten twenty one. he alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. How many have seen God move in your life? Got to give thanks for that. Need to give thanks for that. I have seen miracles. I have seen things happen. Why am I so quick to forget those things when I give glory and honor to Him? Or I don't give glory and honor to Him? I've seen Him move. I've seen Him do things. That should be easy for me to, to let other people know that I've seen these things with my own eyes and God moves and He still moves today. Amen. I'm going to wake you guys up today. Here we go. Next one Psalm 63:4. I will praise you as long as I live lifting up my hands to you in prayer. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Is it okay to lift hands? According to that it is, unless we don't believe it. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Do I have one more? First Chronicles 16, eight, nine. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him yes, sing his praises, Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Have you been telling people about his wonderful deeds? Because, Melvin, I was a sinner. I was depressed. I was going through anxiety, and God delivered me out of that. Am I going around telling people? Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. George, man, I was so scrawny and skinny. I didn't like who I was, but God reminded me that I was his masterpiece. And he changed my thinking of myself. I'm telling everybody about his wonderful deeds. And all I'm doing is telling them things that he's done in my life. Not even things I've seen him do in other people's lives. I'm telling my testimony. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Who doesn't want to hear good news? Why are we so quiet about it? Who doesn't want to hear something good in the world today? Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Hallow it be your name. Next one is your kingdom come, your will be done. Such a powerful few words there. Your kingdom come, your will be done when we pray. That's not how we pray all the time. A lot of times when we pray, we approach God and tell him our needs and our desires and we pray for our kingdom to come. (laughs) Lord, this is what I want. It says your kingdom come though, your will be done. We got to, we got to seek his kingdom over ours, what he wants for us. He's a good father. If he thinks you need something, he'll give it to you. If he doesn't think you need it and you think you do, his ways are better than our ways. He knows there's a reason. He's a good father that wants to give you an abundant life. But instead of praying your own will, pray for God's will for you as you pray. We are so selfish sometimes when we pray. God will bring his kingdom through us not because of us. We have to have a desire to see his kingdom come and then we partner with him in seeing it happen. Amen. So that's laying down our will, our wants, our desires for what he would want and what his will is. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here's something we should never do in our prayer life. Let me give you a, I think Brylin probably did this some. She's not in here so I know I pick on her a lot but we're really close. Have you ever seen a two-year-old throw a temper tantrum in Walmart because they couldn't get something that they wanted? Don't you be that parent that gives it to them either. Hold your ground, okay? You know what's best for them and your budget. But have you ever seen them just start screaming and I want this, I want this! And they're just making a scene and some parents actually say, "Fine, just take it, shut your mouth! Or hush your mouth, that was two weeks ago. Hush your mouth. Okay, But they throw themselves on the floor kicking and screaming because they couldn't have what they wanted. Now, if that was me, you ain't going to change my mind, Brylin or Jackson, even at 15, son, if you kick and scream in the floor at Walmart. I'm not changing my mind. Okay. And God doesn't work like that either. You can't go to God with your desires, your will... You can't get in the floor like little kids do at Walmart. Come on, Jesus! Come on! This is what I want! I'm a little crazy. But you can't do that and whine and complain because you want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And we we don't get down on the floor like that and scream and cry. But we do it other ways. And we get mad at God because he didn't give us the thing that we'd asked for. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God promises to hear our prayers and to answer them according to, not Rick, according to his will. According to his will. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Need. Proverbs 1921, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. We like reading it, we just don't like following it. The next one, give us this day our daily bread. You know, God cares about the little things you need each and every single day. Again, I said need. So we're saying, God, give me whatever I need today to sustain me. And we can pray about every aspect of, of our life in this and trust that he will take care of it all. We start our day and saying, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Everything that I need today, God, I know you'll supply it and you'll be there for me. Yes. And we're never a bother to God when we ask these things. He cares about our future and he cares about our day. Every single day. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, I'm going to camp out on this next one for a little bit. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, forgiveness must be a pretty big deal if Jesus included it in how we should pray. It's right there. So he's talking about two things, receiving forgiveness. We're okay with receiving it. We have a problem with giving it to other people. And they're both important here. And I'll, I'll be real, it's hard to forgive people at times, isn't it? We're human. Forgiving others, is not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's uncomfortable. And sometimes we think that if we forgive someone, it means that we're okay with what they did to us. So I'm just gonna hang on to it. It's not a good thing it's not a good thing to hang on to that unforgiveness and why is it so easy for us to forget the forgiveness Jesus gave us as soon as it's time to forgive someone else it's like oh thank you Jesus for all the forgiveness you give me thank you so much for wiping my slate clean but you did me wrong and I'm not going to forgive you so and so you hurt me so bad and that's probably true but you're still supposed to forgive him just as Christ has forgiven you. And and the thing about forgiveness, it's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. As soon as Jesus rose from the dead and made his first visit to the disciples, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them and then spoke of forgiveness. This is not gonna be on your screen, but John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23 says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Again, right after he's come, the resurrection, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So, so forgiving out of human strength is difficult. It's really, really hard. And forgiveness has to do, but it has to do with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart. The more that the Holy Spirit resides inside here and the more freedom you give him to work in your heart and your life, the easier it'll be to for, give forgiveness to other people. That's a thing we struggle with. Has enormous uh, a power in the spiritual realm to just liberate us and give us freedom. And we, we can forgive. Now, if we don't forgive, there's consequences to that. I want you guys to understand that this morning. I don't care what you say, Rick. I'm just not gonna forgive him. It's unforgivable. There's consequences if you have that attitude this morning. The parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18, 23 through 35. Again, this isn't going to be on the screen. The parable begins with the king forgiving the debt of one of his servants who cried for mercy. But after that, the same servant who was forgiven goes and charges one of his fellow servants. The fellow servant likewise cried for mercy, but he was thrown in prison by the very same pardoned servant until the debt was repaid. And the king learned of this in this story, and he was outraged. The king that showed him mercy. Matthew 18, 32-35, it says, And the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. In verse 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's not me. That's the Bible. You have to forgive. No matter what somebody has done to you, you have to show forgiveness. Think about all the bad things you've done in your life and Jesus forgave you. So many things that I've said, so many things that I've done. And he says, I forgive you. You're washed and made clean. Here's a clean slate. Start over. We have, if, if we're a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, we have to live by the same principles. And he forgives. While not forgiving imprisons us, when we forgive, God forgives us and we're free. You don't have to walk around with that anymore. It doesn't have to consume you anymore. I got a little prop here this morning. Let's see. <laughs> Who's Henry? Jarrett Lewis. Come here. There was nobody pointing at him. I just picked him out. It was a God thing. Talking about unforgiveness. All right. Will you give me a candy bar? No. Why not? Sure. Why can't you give me one? I don't have one. You don't have one? All right. This is Snickers for you, Jarrett. You can do whatever you want with it, all right? Can I, can I have a candy bar? What if, I want it? what if I want it? He wants to hold on to it. Why can't you give me the candy bar? Because you only have what? One. And you don't want to give it to me? <laughs> Just stay right there, Jarrett. Jarrett, I've got four more candy bars for you, brother. Ryland wants these two back if you can give me those after church. (laughs) Jarrett, can I have a candy bar? Sure, why not? How come it's so easy for you to give me one now? I asked for myself. Oh, you've got more. All right. I thank you, Jarrett. Thank you so much. Here, here, you can have those. I just got to keep these two. (laughs) Give Jarrett a hand. That's how it is with forgiveness. Now, we've been given a lot of forgiveness from Jesus. An abundance of it. That is where we give from when we give it to other people as well. And when Jared didn't have any to give, he couldn't give me anything. He couldn't give me a candy bar. When I gave him one, that was difficult because it's the only one he had. But when he had multiple ones, same way we've been given forgiveness multiple times in our lives, he could give from that. We can give from that because we know or we should know how much Jesus has forgiven us. And we give out of that abundance to other people when they do us wrong. I forgive you because I know how much Jesus has forgiven me and I'm operating out of that abundance that he's poured into me. And I wanna give it to you as well. When you pray, ask God to forgive the sin in your life, but don't stop there. You should also pray and forgive others. Anybody know some people in your life that have really hurt you? If we're being honest, a lot of us do. Forgive them because God has generously forgiven you. Forgive them. If God can continually forgive your sins, you should be able to forgive others as well. And that's, and that's really, as you look at the Lord's Prayer, that's an action. That's one of the only things it talks about as an action. Forgive others. And God's a big God who has a big future for you, but you need to let go of the small grudges and hurt feelings to walk into the future that God has for you. That will hold you back. If you have unforgiveness, you have bitterness, and you have hurt, and you're trying to operate in the things that God has for you, you're not going to make it. You are not going to make it. That's going to hold you back from the future that God has for you because he's telling you right here to forgive. When you release someone else, you release God to bring release in you. I've had that happen, I've been so hurt. But until I, I, I forgave that person and released that out of my life, that's when God brought the release in me. That's when he brought it to me, when I was able to forgive that person. He said, now you're right. Now there's a freedom that you have because you're not holding on to that anymore. First John one nine, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. We can't just believe some of this and not believe all of it. Matthew 6, 14, 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. You have to be able to forgive, church. You have to, you have to. And the next part, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What's the enemy come to do to us? Steal, kill, and destroy us. But God is our great defender. He is our protector when the enemy tries to bring anything against us. When we become a child of God, that comes with a lot of protection from the Lord. He covers us and he protects us from the attacks. P words, they get me. He covers us and protects us from the attacks of the enemy. Now, give me uh, four volunteers. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Four. One, two. Really? See how much you guys love me. Three. Here's Walker. Go ahead, go ahead. Come on up. I'll do five. I'm operating out of abundance here. I'll take some more. Okay? Now, here's what happens. I knelt down at the altar at a young age. I didn't really understand what God had to me until an older age. So I I stand before you right now as a child of God. I'm a son of God. I've been forgiven of my sins. I am free. And he protects me now from anything that enemy tries to throw at me. What this looks like for us. Okay, you guys all get around me. Get around me. Circle around me. Not too close. Here I am. I'm a child of God. Here's God all the way around me now right. you guys will go with me here I go I'm on my day stay with me God's not going to leave me he's never going to forsake me here I go it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw against me I've got my protection stop up oh. here he is with me right. okay. when do I lose this protection when I try to go and leave him and do things on my own If I try to get outside of what God has for me and operate in in sin or whatever the world has to offer, I'm not protected anymore. But if I'll stay here in the shelter of his wing, you know, when you don't have God, here's how you walk around when you don't have God. Oh no, what's the enemy throwing at me now? I'm so scared. I don't know what I've done. I made a mess of things. But God's also a forgiving father and he welcomes me back in And now I can walk with these guys again, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what. Throw those screens on there, the scripture on the screen as they're protecting and they're walking. Second Thessalonians 3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Everywhere I go, every day of the week, if I'm seeking him and he's number one in my life, I have this protection on me. Next one, Psalm 91, 1, 4. Those who live in the shelter of the most high, don't leave me unprotected will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Thank you guys. What a way to walk around every day. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Walking around with God's protection. Walking around with the Holy Spirit inside of us to discern when the enemy's bringing things against us. And knowing that whatever you bring against me, devil, you've already been defeated, you're not going to conquer. What a blessing that is. To know that we're protected by him. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we're finishing up our prayer. You know, right before this, there's an opportunity for you to make your request known or supplication to let God know what you're coming to him in need of. And then you wrap up your prayer in thanks again. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you for what you're about to do in this situation that I brought before you. Thanking him. The prayer, this prayer that Jesus modeled is simple, yet it's powerful. Every single day we should incorporate this into our, our prayer life, the way that Jesus guided us here. And George, well, I was talking to George about this this week. He, he referred to it as acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. The praise team will go ahead and come up this morning. Simple prayer, but has a lot to it, packed in it. And we started out, you know, this this guideline that Jesus gives us, knowing that I don't have to be perfect, I don't have to say things a certain way, I don't have to pray for a certain amount of time. I do encourage you guys to pray every day, multiple times a day. Pray without ceasing. If you guys will stand this morning, we start out by by just thanking him. And I've seen some of our, our youth incorporate this into their prayer during our altar time during uh just different things they do in their prayer life i've seen them incorporate this now another thing invested in your kids are listening they watch you you are their example always remember that not just as a parent but as a church as you worship or you don't worship you're an example to your kids orchardville kids are your kids you're part of this church are your kids As you pray or you don't pray, they're watching you. As you serve or you don't serve, they're watching you. We start out by giving thanks, and then we ask Him for His will to be done. We thank Him for providing for our daily needs, daily bread. We thank Him for forgiveness, and we offer that forgiveness to others. You know what's holding you back. You know what bitterness you have stored up. You know what unforgiveness you might have in your heart. Then we ask him for protection from anything bad that might happen that day. And then we make our request known to him. And then again, we just close with thanks. Thank you, God, for who you are. So this morning, you know, every altar call I give from now until I'm not pastoring here anymore, is always an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. Whether that's a prayer for a specific thing or you just come up and say, I, I've got a need. It doesn't matter if it's targeted at what the message was. This, the altar time's a prayer for him to just do what he wants to do. It's for us to come with whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're struggling with. It's for us to come just to give him praise and glory. It's for us to draw closer to him. It's just for us to sacrifice and lay it at the altar, whatever it is. So if you bow your heads this morning as I pray, just want you guys to know that this altar is open here in just a minute for whatever you need or for however you want to praise and worship the Lord. If you don't know the Lord this morning, I encourage you to come and talk to me. Talk to someone with the church if you can't get to me, but I encourage you to come and make the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're in here this morning and and you're dealing with some of the things I talked about, especially that unforgiveness. And you can't reach your destiny and what God has for you if you still have that stored up in your heart. And you need to let that go this morning. You need to let it go this morning just as Jesus has forgiven you. So Father, right now we come to you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into these altars. Holy Spirit, work on hearts right now. This is such a sensitive time for you to move, God, and we want to be obedient to that. So, Father, right now, as we talked about the prayer that you laid out for us, this guidance that you give us, God, if there's anything in there that we we can do better in our prayer life, or, Father, as we went over these things this morning, there's something that we need to release into our life or from our life, God, I pray right now that, that they would respond. God, it's nothing I'm saying, it's, it, it's you. It's you, Father. Speak to their hearts this morning. Whatever their needs, whatever they're dealing with, if they need to rededicate to you, Father, I pray they come. And you do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship and pray together.